New Living Translation. And I want you to pay attention, you kids on the front row here. Pay attention, and you're already yawning, and I just started talking. So wake up. I know y'all had 50 million bags of Easter candy yesterday. But listen, because this is the Word of God, and this is what the Lord wants you to hear. All right? So Matthew 28, and I'm going to read verse 1 through 15. All right? On early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and he sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Do not be afraid, he said. I know who you are looking for, Jesus, who was crucified. And this is the important part. The angel says, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come and see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also they were filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what happened. A meeting with the elders was called, and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. And they told the soldiers, You must say, Jesus, uh, his disciples came during the night while they were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in any trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told. Their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. So that's the scripture of Matthew. There's another, you can look in the other Gospels, but this is the one that Matthew says. And if you look at the whole Bible from the beginning to the end, it really tells this story. From the beginning, you would think, maybe some people think the Old Testament doesn't really have anything to do, but it does. The Old Testament is the preparing um, of the Messiah, and then the New Testament is the fulfillment of that. And so everything, the whole Bible... Is, is based on this significant event. From the very beginning when God created everyone in the heavens and the earth, and he knew, you know, he created Jesus, and he knew uh, that Jesus would die and live again to fulfill the covenant with us. The whole gospel message is about God's redeeming grace. And then the rest of the New Testament is about turning back to God and receiving that grace. So if you ever study the Bible and you really want to know the whole overlay, you know, the big main, main part of it is God's grace and, um, and, of course, Jesus fulfilling the covenant with us. Now today is Easter, and we celebrate the power of God and the hope that he has given us for a new life in him. The prophets of the Old Testament proclaimed it. Jesus lived it. 
and the disciples witnessed it with their own eyes. We, uh, with all this evidence compiled in one book for us to explore with our hearts and our minds and our souls, how can we not believe? How can we not believe what God says in here? How can we not have hope? And how can we continue to live in fear and in doubt when God has given us the key to conquering spiritual death? But a lot of us don't pay attention to that because we're kind of stuck in our own world. And that reminds me of a guy named Peter. So Peter was one of God's or Jesus' disciples. And Peter had a lot going on, and he saw all this stuff going on. And, um, and Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, which is already, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for us to see. Now, this is Peter talking. Now, Peter can tell you, you he's a reliable source because he was a witness. He was there. Peter was there for most of the time. there, right? You gotta listen. We're gonna have a quiz after, alright? Peter was with Jesus for three years. He saw him feed 5,000 people. He saw him heal the blind. He saw him you know, raise the man up from the mat and, and walk again who, who had never walked before. Peter was in the storm when the boat was rocking back and forth and Jesus was walking out on the water. Who got out on the water with him? It was Peter. It wasn't the other ones. They were too scared. Peter was, a, was bold. You know? Um, Peter told Jesus he would go to jail with him, and he would even die for him. However, when it really came down to it, Peter was all talk. Because what happened? When Jesus died and, and they were looking for the disciples, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. And Jesus had predicted that. said, Peter, by the time the, the, the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. No, I won't. I will, never, I will never deny you, Jesus. I will never. I'm there for you forever. I will die with you. What's the first thing? Aren't you, aren't you one of him? No, I, I don't know who that is. Aren't you one of Jesus? I don't know who Jesus is. Stay away from me. Hey, that's one. Of, that's not me. I don't know the guy. What happened? Peter's faith was challenged. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah. He saw the miracles. He heard the, the teachings, yet something still frightened him enough to have doubt. How many of us feel, ever feel like Peter? Praise God. I love Jesus. He's going to keep. Care, cast all my cares. I'm praying in church, raising my hands. Walk outside the door. Oh, I, can't, I don't know how everything's going to work. Oh, I don't know. I can't do this anymore. You know, and then, and then wait, what happened to your faith? 
What happened to God? Did you leave him in the church? Where did Peter leave Jesus? What was wrong with him? What was going on? Even though Jesus um, had told them that he would have to suffer and die on the cross, they really didn't expect that. And they didn't expect him to walk in the room after they saw him die up there. So they were kind of freaked out about it. They liked the idea of it. You know, they liked the idea. That was pretty cool. That's a great idea. Let's go. Let's get together. Let's do this. But when it, whenever it, reality hit, they, they, they didn't know what to expect. But the, the Bible tells us throughout that God is mighty in power. So we really need to be able to expect the unexpected in our lives. Peter didn't expect that. Like, he was told that, and sometimes it happens to us. We're told something's going to happen. But then when it happens and we, like, we freak out because we didn't, we didn't really think it was going to happen that way, you know, and God, but God can do anything. God can do anything. The Apostle Paul's another witness, and although he didn't witness Jesus physically, he did witness him spiritually. And uh, so the Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians, I pass on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture had said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most who are still alive, although some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. For I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I am not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me, and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. Isn't that amazing? The witness that we have from Paul, the Apostle Paul, people don't even realize that these first-hand accounts that we still have these 2,000 years ago, it's like somebody's diary, you know? It's like... Say you write a journal right now, and 2,000 years from now, somebody grabs it and, has, and reads it. I can't, you can't imagine that, right? Paul, Peter, all these people that wrote letters to these different places, they didn't know that we were going to be reading this 2,000 years later. You know, they weren't even thinking that. They were just thinking about their time. So the Apostle Paul writes these letters to encourage people and to tell them. And if, for those who, who don't know, Paul grew up as a God-fearing Jewish man, he was a Pharisee. He despised the early Christians to the point of murdering them. And because he thought that Jesus was wrong and he was telling lies and all that kind of stuff. And, but God had grace. On, and, and God could have punished Paul, right? Like God could have just condemned him and punished him. But instead, he used him to further his ministry. Can you imagine how many people you know, who may have done something wrong. I'm going to let Dominique preach next Sunday. She likes to talk. So, net, so the Apostle Paul says, I am the least. I don't deserve this because I actually persecuted Christians. I went against Jesus. But God in all his mercy came and transformed his life. 
So why do we think God cannot transform our lives? Jesus died on the cross, was raised from the dead, so that we could be in that relationship with God, have that grace, and our lives can be changed forever. We know this, and Peter, even Paul writes, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Isn't that amazing that we can have that power of God in us? Jesus, you know, he rose from the dead. He gave us a new hope, and he gave us a new life. In Romans, he writes, And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Isn't that exciting? The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead who had been nailed to the cross, who had been punctured, who was definitely dead, and he rose from the dead. All these people saw him. There's witnesses, the 500 people that, that uh, Paul mentioned earlier. They all saw him. They all saw him. He, he was alive. You know, and so that same spirit lives in you, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Does that make sense? How can we have this new life? How did Paul accept that? What did he do? He, did he do favors for Jesus? No. He, he believed. He had faith. And you might say to yourselves, well, I believe it. But do you really believe it in your heart and your soul? Or do you still have doubts like Peter did? Peter had doubts. He denied Jesus three times because he was afraid he was going to get killed. Even though he just said that he would die for Jesus. Are we doing the same things? You know? You know, something to think about. We have a new life by believing. In Ephesians, Paul wrote, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin like the rest of the world, obeying the devil who is the commander of all the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. So it is only by God's grace that we have been saved. Because according to scriptures, our, you know, our sinful nature, sin cannot live in the presence of God, so we couldn't so God had to reconcile himself with us, and that was through the ultimate sacrifice. Remember back in the old days they have they had to do animal sacrifices, you know, to for the blood, you know, in place our sin the the um the payment for sin is death. But God allowed them to kill animals instead, right? But then God wanted to reconcile himself to the whole world and forget about all that. Sent Jesus. Jesus shed the final blood. Now we're reconciled to God. And now we can have a relationship with God without going through a priest, without going through, you know, um, through the rituals. Now, and God wanted it that way because he doesn't want us to think I have to do a ritual to belong to him. You know, we can do rituals to remind us 
Um, we can do, you know, sacraments. We can, we can get baptized or we can take the communion and all that stuff. But we always have to remember that that does not save us. That act is not what saves us. What saves us is our faith in God. But we can do those things to remember and to remind ourselves. We can write scriptures out. We can, like the Jewish people used to, to put them in these little uh, leather strips. Uh, they, they would put the scriptures in their wrist, and they would have one on their forehead. And that's why you'll see references to that in the Bible. They would actually write it on their door. On their door. They would write scriptures on their door frames, and that's why it says that in the Bible. Because you're like, what the heck? Read it as you come and as you go from your house, it's because they wrote their scriptures on their house, literally, you know, so we can, we can do that too, well, not our house, but we can have pictures, and we have scriptures around, right, so Jesus, God is so rich in mercy that he saved us, and, and then he goes on to say that he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ, well, isn't that amazing, that God has put us on the same level as Christ, in that aspect of that love and that relationship and that inheritance because we are now God's children. Jesus is his son and we are his children too. So we should never look down on ourselves because God lives within us and we are his children. We're not below or beneath, but we are into his family now. So um, faith, it seems easy, but like I said, sometimes even the disciples lack faith sometimes, right? Um, we have to change the way we think sometimes and let go of the doubt and the fear and begin to have faith that God can and will work through you and your life will begin to change. We have many testimonies and witnesses from the Bible, but we don't, we don't, that's not the only witness and testimony of all the thousands and millions and billions of Christians that have come before us. Um, you know, lives have been transformed, people all over the world. And some people are getting persecuted for it still today in other countries. We know, we hear on the news, unfortunately, about these terrorists who are killing uh, Christians over there in the Middle East. They're chopping their heads off and putting it on TV. You know, and what are we doing as Christians? What, you know, what are we, what are we thinking? What are we doing as the church, as a body of Christ, you know, but we know and we have hope that God is still in control. Amen? You know, the devil's not going to defeat us, and, you know, God is in control, and we as Christians need to step up our game, you know, so to say, and, you know, be in prayer and stand up for what we believe, you know, because God stands before us, you know, so God, God fights our battles for us. But as long as we stand in faith, you know, God's there for us, you know, and, and especially in these times. And I try to tell people, why do you think it's not going to happen here in America? What's going to happen when these things start happening to us? Are we going to be like Peter and deny Christ? Or, or are we going to allow God to work through us and be like Paul and push through? I mean, Peter did push through eventually when, you know, Jesus came and he, and he saw them, saw him, and then they, they did continue the ministry. And, you know, it wasn't easy in that time, you know, because of the, the controversy and everything. But what happens when we get tested in our faith? 
And maybe not even in those kind of situations, but even when we're out and about in public, you know, or with our family and friends. You know, what do we do? Do we cower down or do we stand up for what we believe in? You know, and those are things that we have to look at. And, and what we need to remind ourselves is that as we celebrate Easter, we're celebrating the power of God, you know? And it should remind us and encourage us all to know that, you know what, no matter what we're going through, God can deliver us. I was talking to one of the, um, uh, one of the, the a man and his son that live here, and I was talking to him the other day where we were doing our Easter egg stuff, and he was, you know, saying that he was going through all kinds of doubts and fears, and, and then he finally got to the breaking point where he said, you know, God, just, I give it to you, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. And he said as soon as he did that, like, all the doors started opening for him. You know, he, they got an opportunity to get, you know, they got into a program to where they're, they're going to get a, an apartment, you know, and some other things just started lining up for them because he finally decided to let go and surrender to God. And um, maybe some of you have done that before. You know, I've been in that position before, too. I was like, Fine, I don't know what else to do. I'm done. You know, and then all of a sudden, as soon as I gave up trying to control everything, that God was able to work through me and open all the doors. But some of us are stubborn, right? <laughs> some of us are hard-headed. And we, we believe in our, we know, like, I know that God can do whatever, but I still have that fear and anxiety because I don't want to let go of control. But God reminds us when Jesus died on the cross, as soon as Jesus died, you know, it's like he let go and then God was able and God came through, you know? It's like kind of remind yourself of that, like let go and let God raise you up. And that's what I want to encourage you guys today. I want you to allow God to... to to live in your life and to transform your lives and you know don't beat yourselves up no matter what we've done in the past you know look at our the disciples you know there was many of them that weren't living right lives but God transformed their lives and he can do the same for us so I'm going to, I'm going to ask the captain Jennifer to play a song this morning and if you feel like coming up and praying at the altars um, you're more than welcome to. If you want to renew your life to Christ today, today, go ahead and do that. If you want prayer, let us know. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior and you want to do that, we're here. Uh, we'll pray with you. Uh, but we want you to make a change, and even if it's a small change, to, to beginning to have faith and allow God to work through you. So as the music plays, you can pray in your seat. You can come up here. Or you can sing along. But just remember that God will never leave you and he will never forsake you. He's always with you. You can leave him, but he won't leave you.
Easter Sunday that we can come and remember. I pray that you would just touch our lives, um, help us as we go into this world to live in faith and, and trust in you, God, and have grace in your mercy and love flowing through us and to other people, Lord. I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to see what you have for us, Lord. Help us to not get defeated, but let you work through us to defeat anything that comes in our way, God. We love you and we thank you, and I pray a special blessing on every single one of us here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.